0: Hi, everyone, Lauren Hubelay here. This is Restoring Immunity, Explorations of Polyvagal Theory. So a month or so ago, Cameron, Megan, and I realized that while we could tolerate an endless amount of polyvagal theory, we may have lost some listeners on the way. So with the awareness that our heady conversations may have gone a bit um, too far for some of you, we've decided to record four recap episodes. This is the fourth one. If you're just joining us for the first time, I want to suggest that you backtrack a bit and listen to the last three. um, You will find one on Polyvagal Basics, your states of protection, and your your state for connection. So here we are though in episode four, and we're ready to dive into a review of mixed autonomic states and take a look at this obscure concept called the vagal break. So like in previous recaps, I'm going to begin with posing a question, Megan and Cameron, can you define a mixed state and offer a real life example for our listeners of a mixed date experience from your own life. Megan, you wanna get us started? Absolutely.
1: Cameron and Lauren, it's so great to be with you again. And I am so grateful that we are doing these recaps. As much as I was enjoying our polyvagal conversations, I do think that there's something beautiful about coming back to the basics, because that's really our experience. And as Lauren said, although we have defined in our previous recaps um, how we experience the three different states of the autonomic nervous system, the ventral vagal state, the sympathetic state and the dorsal state, our life and our day-to-day moments are typically experienced in blended states. Which means that rarely, if ever, are we in one pure state. You know, a sympathetic is characterized by higher energy and more mobilization, but that can be experienced in two different ways. Say, I wake up and I have my tea and I've gotten dressed and I'm getting ready to do my day, as this is typically what my morning routine is experienced like. And I have two boys I have a 10 year old and a 13 year old. And in the morning, we have a lot of energy going in the house because everybody's got to get up and cleaned up and off to school. We have to have breakfast and lunch. And so this is a time of day where there's often quite a bit of sympathetic energy running for me. And how I move through that each morning is experienced so differently, dependent on whether I am feeling secure and um, safe, my relationship to myself. And if I can even access that in that moment, sometimes the mobilized state of sympathetic as I'm making lunches and getting everybody out the door feels a bit chaotic. It doesn't feel like it has an organization and boundaries and safety to it so that I can just sort of swim with the current. Mm -hmm. It feels like, um, you know, if you could see me, maybe I would be flailing, um, trying to find a rhythm within it Mm -hmm. and a connection to myself within it. And then there are other mornings where I feel just as mobilized and just as energetic, and I get just as much accomplished. But these mornings, there's a stability within me I feel like I understand the greater picture, meaning I understand what I need to get done and I can sort of just move through it. And when I really sat with myself and identified, okay, what are these? These are two drastically different experiences, both categorized by a lot of mobilization and a high energy and an ability to get things done. But one feels chaotic and disorganized Um, And I can't wait to be done with it. And one feels like it has context. I'm in touch with myself. I'm connected to myself. Um, I'm swimming kind of with the moment, but there's boundaries and um, there's a feeling
0: of safety. Hmm. Wow, Megan, I was right with you in that mobilized state trying to get out the door, having been there so many times myself. Thank you so much for sharing that. Beautiful. Cameron, what are your thoughts on this?
2: I'm smiling at, at Megan's wonderful articulation and her lifestyle. And I res- represent a completely different one <laughs> <in the state laughs> because I have no children in house, a couple cats, but they're relatively harmless when it comes to dysregulating energy, uh, relatively. But, um, you know, thinking about blended states. So my morning began. Um, with being some delight that the sun was coming out and I could drink my tea all by myself and I could be in enough ventral vagal safety and have a bit of a mixed state with some dorsal flavor, which brought in the ventral brought brought me that safety and the dorsal vagal brought me that calm and, and well-being and I could drink my tea and watch the sun and look out my windows and for me, that's a wonderful example of the blended state between enough ventral bagel and some dorsal bagel. And then a little while later I had the, which I consider a great privilege. My children are all in their adult years. And um, today my son on the San Francisco area turns 32. How did that happen? And it, he called me in honor of his birthday which almost never happens. And I had a wonderful ventral bagel with lots of excitement. and energy to hear about him and he's doing so well in his life and I was just on that edge but again with that wonderful operating um, umbrella of that ventral vagal it was just delicious and and Deb often says you know it was almost playful as opposed to safety and still which people would recognize as really that abundance of the ventral vagal with the dorsal vagal and I realize that we teach the ladder with this idea that we are either in ventral vagal or not into ventral vagal. And we teach the hierarchy to include stepping down into mobilized, which usually is associated with adrenaline and cortisol and fight or flight. And bottom of the ladder is that that rest and recharge, also that collapse state. But the difference is between the adaptive survival functions and blended state is how much ventral vagal do we have on board? Because without enough ventral vagal, we get pulled into those adaptive survival responses. That includes those lack of cues of safety and lots of cues for danger or threat. You know, am I okay? What's going on? How do I, or I'm like, I just can't do this anymore. So when we put that wonderful, and Deb depicts it as a big blue umbrella as the operating template with enough ventral vago we really can enjoy and you know savor those blended
0: states. Cameron, I wanna go back because you've kind of got my interest there about talking about this dorsal ventral, your morning and being in that state. Because I'm trying to relate to that. So, you know, if I'm in my morning and I'm um, meditating, is that a blended state?
2: Are you frightened and, and uh, mm-hmm. worried about your safety when you're meditating? No, 100%. Oh. Not. So you know that you have the, uh, that enough ventral vagal on board that gives you that safety to descend the ladder and really be in that very present but very
0: energetically quiet place okay this is i because i think this is really important for our listeners and it's it's um subtle so we we can descend into dorsal if we feel if we, we have enough safety that becomes a blended state so something like meditation or yoga or maybe shamanic journey or Any of these um, places where we we have some stillness of our body, we're in a restful place, but we have this expansiveness in our mind that's available. You're nodding and smiling. Yes, I I, kind of think of it as, you know, we've talked about um,
2: the anchors. So it's like mm -hmm. I am anchored into ventral bagel and I can descend and have more energy for that mixed state with, the sympathetic, but I still have, I'm anchored in safety. And i and also have that ability. It's like almost, and I'm not a technical rock climber, but I've got my rope above me and I can descend all the way down safely with that ventral vagal anchor into that place of quiet. We think the difference between meditation or yoga and being how present and expansive as opposed to dread, despairing, hopelessness and helplessness, the key ingredient is the presence of ventral
1: vagal or not. Cameron, this mental, this visual that you're giving us of descending down into a state of immobilization with this tethering or with this anchor that we're holding on to is beautiful because, in a way, when we have something to hold on to like that, it keeps us connected, right? Which is very characteristic of ventral. So, that visual is just. Absolutely beautiful. And in my experience, and the way that I think about these states is that, you know, we know that dorsal is characterized by uh, less mobilization and sometimes even called um, shutdown or isolation, as Cameron always says, a turtle in its shell. But the presence of just a little bit of safety, a little bit of the ventral vagal state can completely transform this experience into something contemplative, into, as Lauren said, stillness or contemplation, so that we can be not mobile or immobilized, but still have a sense of our own being, still a sense of connection to ourselves and to others. Perfect,
0: Megan. You know, Megan, as you were saying that, uh, all of a sudden I got the picture of being on a acupuncture table with needles in. What do you think? What state? You know, My- I
1: think that both yoga and acupuncture can be a bit of a mixed state. Um, this is a beautiful time to talk about. Um, I, I, it's not just dorsal and sympathetic. I'm sorry. It's not just dorsal and ventral. It's not just sympathetic and ventral, but I think that when we're in a healing place, Um, maybe imagine a yoga class. So there are parts of it that are quite mobilized and there are parts of it that are quite still. Um, but in both of those times of more and less mobilization, if we're bringing a sense of ourselves and a sense of connection and a sense of safety, then we're moving and pivoting through blended states. So there might be times in an acupuncture treatment where, um, somebody will report maybe that they're feeling inspired and maybe they came in feeling a little low energy and they're feeling grounded and calm, but more alive and more vibrant. So there almost is a bit of all three at
0: times. Wow. Wow. You know, I, I admire the visual of the ladder, but it isn't the way my mind sees this. And, um, I I, I think from the very beginning, I've always seen ventral as like windows open. And of course, I'm over here in France with these beautiful old century old houses with shutters and they're several stories high, but we can let the light in, right? We open the shutters and the light comes in and it can come in um, all the way down right? All the way down to meet us in dorsal, or um, we might meet it halfway while we're in that mobilized state. Um, And uh, so there's something about opening towards light um, for me when I think of inviting and ventral and those blended states. And that might resonate with some of our listeners um, in a different way. I I was thinking about um, my teaching experiences and, you know, teaching can be in from any of these states, right? Everybody's had the high school dorsal teacher, right? (laughs) That taught chemistry from, you know, 25 years the same way and they just, they weren't connected with the subject, the students or themselves. And I'm sorry, I picked on chemistry. It could have been... (laughs) <laughs> and, but, um, but you know, when and being a lifelong teacher, you must mobilize to engage with your students, right? Whether you're doing it online on Zoom or you're doing it in a classroom. But too much mobilization can cause anxiety in your students in a sense of, a lack of safety, like you're going too fast, or you might be moving through material before they can um, absorb it. And so I know I hit my flow when I can see in my students, right, that they're feeling safe and I'm going at a pace. And that is only when I've let in enough light from ventral and I, and to do that for being me, I have to let go of um, I'm going to get all this information covered mm-hmm. in this time period. That's been one of the biggest gifts um, I've given myself. But to be able to use that blended state, like I'm mobilized, I'm excited. I want to share this with you. And I'm open and creative and we're going to connect in this experience. And that produces a really lovely blended state.
1: Lauren, when we talk about, when you talk about teaching, it sounds like you're using a bit of feedback from your students. And so there's a bit of two-way communication going on that's keeping the ventral in play. And I'm a music person. And so as I've deepened my relationship with the three states and the blended states. This is something that we have talked about on this podcast before. They each have a little bit of a different flavor or sound. So Lauren, you've referred to how you feel your voice change. Mm -hmm. And so I often feel like my autonomic states are sort of these different parts of my inner orchestra or symphony say, you know, they, some of them sound like brass and some of them sound like percussion and there's all these different feels to them. And I think we each really experience our states differently. However, what I want to say, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because ventral, another way for me to feel ventral and for it to come alive in my experience is to imagine it as the conductor. Mm. So there can be all these different parts of ourselves, that are at play, but for them to all come together and for the, it to become music instead of just this noise, um, there needs to be an operating principle and there needs to be a feedback loop like you're describing with your students. And that's what ventral is, is when we have a bit of safety, when we have a bit of ventral um, with sympathetic or with dorsal, then we have the resources to um, pivot in the moment and refine our states so that it feels less shut down or it feels less extreme and um, we can work with ourselves. And so it feels then to me like this transformation of noise into music And when someone's in charge, when our ventral is organizing our foot coming on and off the gas of our energy.
0: Oh, yeah! beautiful image, Megan. Yeah,
2: and you're speaking so much, both of you, to that element with enough ventral vagal energy. The very first teaching that I received from Deb Dana is rhythm of regulation. Mm-hmm. And there we move. And the other thing that you're both describing is with enough ventral vagal energy is that operating principle. And in our our autonomic nervous systems, we're talking about what Deb calls resiliency, mm-hmm. which really is that ease of movement so that we can go through the days. And there's a wonderful quote in Deb's second book, which is all about polyvagal um, exercises. And she quotes a woman called, named Linda Graham, but she says, resilience, the capacity to bend with the wind, go with the flow, bounce back from adversity is essential to the survival and thriving of human beings and human societies. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And when we have some ventral, I feel much more flexible. You know, say something pops up in the middle of my day and everything I thought I was going to get accomplished that day goes out the window. Without any ventral, that can be completely derailing. But with ventral, I have enough stability and enough flexibility to pivot with that. And not that it it doesn't still throw me through a loop, but like you said, resilience allows me to recover quicker.
2: And systems that are easily dysregulated often are sensitive or reactive in that way because their history on their autonomic nervous system has not allowed them enough time and experience with adequate ventral vagal energy. And so this is why for so many people who grow up in chaotic beginnings or had physical challenges, Mm-hmm. This is about toning, working with the autonomic nervous system yeah. so that it will move with more resiliency. If you don't have it, it simply means you haven't had enough experience with it. And that's what I think is so wonderful about considering these state shifts in a way that many systems don't know and Deb's favorite word is yet. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's
0: a practice. Yeah. Well, bringing up toning and and resiliency, Makes me think of the vagal break, and I think this might be a good time to segue into that. Reading Stephen Porges and how he describes it, it still gets a little fuzzy for me. Cameron, can you give us a a, something in in plain language on the vagal break from your perspective? Well,
2: and it's very fitting. I have you know. I love it. Deb Dana takes it in pictorial image of the head, the brain, the heart, and a little old fashioned bicycle. So um, it is the ventral vagus, that wonderful operating principle energy that we're talking about is involved in our heart rate. Our heart rate is involved with our sense of energy, as well as our sense of safety. So this wonderful and getting sciency for two seconds combination of the ventral vagus, the smart aspect of our vagus nerve, with the sinoatrial blah 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 that go to Stephen Porges. If you would like to be confused and overwhelmed, I still <laughs> struggle with it. He's right, but you know, for those of us to understand it on a, a working basis, that vagal break, which is present if it's well tuned, is the ability with ventral vagal energy to allow increased mobility without triggering any cues for danger or threat. So much as we've been talking about movement up and down the ladder at different points. Megan, I'm thinking back to preparing lunches in the morning. If you can release your ventral vagal break, you can have more energy to do the tasks of everyday life without it getting to that moment of, oh no, out of control, chaotic. And that is really the relationship of the ventral vagal break. If it completely releases, we are then flooded with the um, sympathetic mobilization without enough cues for for safety. And then we get overwhelmed and we're now in that chaotic over, over the edge type experience when we work with the vagal break, and that really is new experience in, in that pendulating between low energy and high energy, keeping the ventral vagal plugged in, as I say, so that we can really gain efficiency at allowing that shift to take place and still stay in that enough ventral vagal
1: state. Mm, yeah, yeah, basically when we feel safe, we can turn the volume up and down.
0: Perfect. Well, let's take your situation, Megan, because I think everybody can resonate with this, trying to get kids out the door or trying to get yourself out the door. I I tried to get two 60 year olds out the door for a hike this morning and Mm -hmm. I felt like I was hurting cats. So transitions. Right. We have to hurry up to get X, Y, Z done. And that is such a. um, vulnerable time for mm-hmm. us and any of us that don't have good toning and don't have, would you say a, a good, good use of their vagal break or a well-toned vagal break. I'm not sure of the language here, experience some challenge. So Megan, why don't you use your experience and maybe the yeah. our listeners and me. So You know,
1: in the thick of this, because this is my day-to-day life right now, I know what the different tones of the morning feel like, depending on where I am. They are all categorized by a lot to do, lots of different bodies in the house that need to get up and mobilized and out the door. But how I move through that process is so drastically different. And I think what it comes down to is, as Cameron said, if I can move through that Without my system neurocepting danger in there, without feeling threatened by the situation, then I can continue to accomplish, continue to mobilize um, and stay with myself, and I don't move in to a response where I lose my ability to regulate. Mm-hmm. I can be insympathetic and still regulated. Opposed to the experience of neurocepting, you know, I get overwhelmed, it starts to feel chaotic, yeah. and I can even sometimes identify the moment where I pivot, and I start to move into protection. Sure. And at that moment, I have taken my hand off the volume control, and now I'm in a state of protection, where there is no subtle regulation of any kind, and I'm just... Um, trying to protect myself. absolutely. And so I start maybe snipping. I start, uh, my, my voice might get louder. I start trying to use some of my sympathetic type coping mechanisms, which typically look like control and um, you know, all the fun things we do when we've lost regulation.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So ladies, I'm still, if I know that that's me, okay. Yeah. And um, what can I do to improve my vagal break or the use of it? Or
1: I think, it, you know, in my experience, it comes back to what Cameron said, which there are lots of ways that we can practice and um, help facilitate a feeling of safety in ourselves at times that are not triggering to us so that we can get to know what our experience is so that we can play with the vagal break at times when we're not feeling you know it doesn't make sense to test this out in our most trying time of day right away it's a practice so i've gotten to know how i uh, my system neurocepts safety in the midst of a high energy time and in the midst of a low energy time. This doesn't mean that I do it successfully all the time, but I'm practicing and I'm starting to get to know myself. So I know that when I start to feel like I'm getting dysregulated in, a, in the chaotic morning, if I pause, I might walk into the other room, uh, move my body a little bit, maybe have a sip of tea and remind myself that inevitably, We always get out the door, that it's not the end of the world if we're late, that if we forget lunches, I can bring them to school. You know, in essence, even though there are little cues of danger, I can remind myself how to stay tethered to the cues of safety in that moment. But it really is a practice. You know, we've offered so many skills. Sometimes I place my hand on my heart. Again, sometimes I walk, sometimes I sip tea, something different works for each of us.
0: Yeah. You know, this is where I can bring Stephen Portis in because it's easily, easily understood. He, he points out that ancient rituals that employ breathing techniques or posture or vocalization are actively recruiting and exercising the vagal break to Mm downregulate. And and those are things that are easily accessible to all of us. Mm -hmm. I wonder also if this is where some of those extracts we know um, in gemotherapy can help with organizing because that's Mm -hmm. really what we're talking about, right? Um, And offering organizing Um, bumper guards to Mm -hmm. help us move up and down so what comes to mind for me is something like black currant or um, silver lime or perhaps mistletoe um, Mm -hmm. might be um, some of the extracts I would consider are there tools or tips you have Cameron for someone to work with that And this is, these are all examples, and each of us have
2: a a different way of understanding, getting the feel for the ventral vagal break. But it involves that wonderful state and and use of the first practice, which is naming and noticing state shifts. Then, however, we create that pause, that moment where we'll use a ritual, we'll drink some tea, begins to really, it's like, a workout and when you, when you use exercise, you challenge your, your musculature, but it, it, it goes right to that edge and then it heals back stronger. And it's more likely that our system, our muscles will remember it in a stronger, more resilient way. Yeah. I, and I love it. Sometimes it is just that momentary pause. Taking from example, not quite a half an hour ago, I get excited. It's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, sit down with with Megan and Lauren. And then I'm like, and there are no less than four or five ways to find the link for this session. But in that moment, I was like, oh no, I I don't I can't remember. And I'm like, okay, getting a little mobilized here. <laughs> no doubt if I can't remember four or five different ways to get to the same place, we have a problem here. And so I got it. For me, that moment of pause was noticing my state shift, uh, starting to go in the kitchen. I think, well, maybe I I need to make tea or use the bathroom or whatever. And once I started realizing and have that breath, that's that's where I brought in my vagal break. And there's so many different ways of understanding, but it's recognizing it and recognizing that once I I met my state, I'm like, we're good to go. (laughs) And that energy used the bagel break to allow me to channel, I got, the use the restroom i got to get my tea i also straightened my scarf and came back to this moment after that brief pause of noticing where i was getting pulled into a little bit of my own chaos and, and be able to bring myself back and that br- noticing and bringing back is that pendulating that deb speaks as, and that's also where you know GEMOs or where, you know, music or where some idea of, you know, how we could, how can we utilize these constructs? Because that's what we're really looking for in tuning and toning our systems.
1: I I think it's important right here that we also say that we've talked about how this is a practice and we've talked about how based on our past experiences and our present experience that we tend to form autonomic habits. But if we take it all the way back to the basics, if you're listening to this and you're feeling like, what in the heck are they talking about? (laughs) That is perfectly okay too, because many of us have had past experiences or for whatever reason, we've formed autonomic habits where we tend to live in mostly in a state of dysregulation, where we're kind of bouncing around between feeling shut down or um, feeling really mobilized and out of control. And we're tending to try and cope by controlling those around us. And there's never quite a feeling of actually having your hand on the volume control or having a sense of connection with ourselves. That's not something that feels recognizable to you, that... That's okay. That's why we're having this discussion because there are moments for each of us when there's, you know, as Deb would say, a glimmer or just a little glimpse of everything being okay in that moment or of us noticing like, hmm, like in this particular moment, I feel okay. Like that's ventral vagal. When you notice how you're feeling,
0: that's ventral vagal. Sure. Sure beautiful fantastic let's do a recap for this recap quick definition for those listening of um the vagal break Cameron, do you want to give it
2: the vagal break is that ability to move up and down the energetic state ladder with a sense of relative connection to self others and that marvelous safe enough experience.
0: And Megan, what's a blended
1: state? Yeah, a blended state is when we can bring a little bit of ventral vagal safety and connection into either dorsal or sympathetic. So dorsal feels like shutdown, low energy collapse, but with ventral, it feels contemplative and still And sympathetic feels like fight or flight or over-mobilized or maybe chaos, but with a little bit of safety and ventral vagal, it feels like
0: inspiration and creativity and play. Wow. Sign me up. (laughs) Cameron and Megan, once again, thank you so much for sharing all of your insights and wisdom here. And, um, We're looking forward to where we head next with this exploration of polyvagal theory.